0: Ditch Diggers number 14 of season 7 Ditch Diggers appear and ain't no wannabes here with some not so nice advice for so your writing career to be clear no punches will be pulled but the punch may be spike how they like before they get on the mic to my left we got the mighty Mer Lafferty and if I piss her off believe me she'll come after me my and her co-host Matt Evan Wallace on the right yes she may be half as hype as she can take him in a fight so settle folks. Buckle in and boot up Time to meddle in a way to make your writers shut up It's hard work, but the perk is that it's fun and exciting Facebook will still be there when you're done writing Ditch Diggers! Ditch Diggers! And I am here with Ursula Vernon, who is not Matt, still but uh, Matt is Matt is alive, I got proof of life, I spoke to him this weekend He is still alive So um, I believe he's taking his knife fighting skills somewhere in Cincinnati, I'm not sure But uh, he's still I, uh, wandering
1: I could, as my job stunt Matt, I could stab someone um, you're, you're looking around someone.
0: your garden like there's someone there to stab And I know you just put the dog inside
1: uh, uh, I could prune something. That's like, that's <laughs> close to a sad name. It involves sharp objects and you do it in a garden. And The problem that's is true. if I go pruning something, I'll get pruning happy and I won't come back for the rest of the podcast. I'll yeah, that be would be mind.
0: bad. You know. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is Ditch Diggers. This is the podcast talking about the business side of writing. My normal co-host is taking the summer off and I am here with many, many kind Guest co-host today is Ursula Vernon. Last time we spoke, I'm not sure what you had or had not won, but now you have won the Andre Norton Nebula Award for Young Adult Novel, and you have won the uh, Locus Award for Best Young Adult Novel. Yep, it's which,
1: uh, it's a thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone who voted and and stuff. I'm I'm honored.
0: Well, all that's left is the Lodestar, the Not-A-Hugo Award for Young Adult Writing. And I have decided that that is the triple crown of speculative fiction young adult novels. No one all has ever right. done it before, but that is partly because the Lodestar is so new. Nnedi um, Okorafor and uh, Tomi Adeyemi, pardon me if I say that wrong, uh, have come close. But uh, I don't believe the Lodestar wasn't... I don't believe Lobestar was a thing then, so uh, they probably would have had it been Been a thing. thing. But anyway, so you are here, Uh, and you get to wait uh, 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 five more months? Uh, Something like that, yeah. uh, Isn't that great?
1: Honestly, it's weird as a Triple Crown, because it would be like if the racehorses, you know, raced, and then... Took a couple of weeks off and raced, and then went off and did other stuff for six yeah. months. <laughs> so.
0: Oh no! Uh, my moderator numbers ninja says they both have won the load star, but not won all three. I see. Thank you, numbers okay. ninja. Um, just to say hello to folks in the chat because people are here and talking. The kids are asleep. Shovel is ready. Thank you, the kids are asleep. And the bot seems to be working, which is a big deal. Steven Kill has subscribed for nine months straight. Have I even been podcasting or or streaming like nine months? I guess I have. Thank you, Steven. Lovely to see you. Everybody check out Steven. The bot addict did its job. And uh, you can check out Steven's stream as well, please. Uh, Octopus Gallery is here. Hello. Cheryl is here. I know Octopus Gallery. Yay!
1: I, I've exchanged. Uh, I, she was part of an illicit poultry exchange across state lines.
0: Have I heard of this story? Have you done more than one of these?
1: I have done several now.
0: Yeah, that's what I figured. She anyway. Dropped off ducks. I see. Ducks and <laughs> cat carriers. <laughs> Under Pope is here. Hello, Under Pope. And, uh, let's see. You got Uloboras. Let's get this goat rodeo on the road before my internet is disconnected seconds from now. Well, thank you for coming. Uh, Bill is here. Sorry you asked if we're supposed to have sound yet. I hope you have sound. Um, Tree Lobster's here. Uh, Under Pope has a new computer.
1: Tree Lobster's, is that a reference to the uh, uh, Lord Howe Island giant stick bug?
0: I don't know. I'll let Tree Out Lobsters answer that. Uh, I
1: can't see the chat, but, uh, uh okay. yes. Oh, wait, here's here's a chat.
0: Yeah. Tree Lobsters oh, no, wait, I that's,
1: a, that's only with you, because I'm not on Twitch. So I can chat with you, Murr, but I can also just talk to you.
0: True, true. Or you could look on Twitch and see me and see the chat, too.
1: But then I'd have to fire up Twitch, and then, you know, I would get confused watching Twitch, and there would be a lag, and it would get yeah. very, very, yeah.
0: Yeah. You you can make it... Uh, probably make it I, harder, I, yeah, but...
1: Yeah, I can only handle so many different sources of input.
0: Okay. Oh, oh, Valerie. Illicit poultry exchange is the name of my erotica publishing imprint. Cock smuggling was taken. <laughs> Lee is here. Todd is here. Oh, boy. And Kevin is uh, not... You're sp- not supposed to know he's there, but he is talking about illicit emu exchanges. So... Um, we are, uh,
1: oh god, yes, I completely forgot the emu
0: exchange Oh god
1: Oh god Tree
0: Lobsters is uh, started a webcomic based on the name of the stick insects The name kind of stuck, so good call Ursula So, um, hello to folks in the chat, I'm glad you're here I have been off stream for about a week uh, We did a 4th of July trip up to my in-laws Because we hadn't seen them in a year and a half So, uh, that was, it, it it's strange after just a week away and lots of driving um, and a lot of hot dogs and a lot of wine um, that that you just completely forget how to stream. So, uh, I'm I'm totally here.
1: I believe you, Mer.
0: Thank you. I believe Rosa. in you as yeah. well. So, uh, I am here to make you feel uncomfortable about the awards you have won on... Uh, <laughs> A Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking. Um, It is uh, an amazing, amazing book. And I think you've told the story twice while I've recorded you doing it, which I assume one of those means on Ditch Diggers. Because we also told the story for the ReaderCon GOH interview. If you're going to ReaderCon, ReaderCon is virtual this year. So anybody can go. Ursula is the guest of honor. And I got to do the guest. What? One
1: of several guests of honor.
0: And uh, I got to do the interview because we go way back and I know the uh, triggers to start some of her most entertaining stories, or at least what I think are some of her mo- most entertaining stories.
1: Murray knows where all the bodies are buried. Yes. And occasionally helped hold the shovel.
0: Of course I did. And,
1: um... Oh, yes, there... you were starting on the Wizard's Guide uh, yes. thing. And yes.
0: Yes, so... Uh, The book that Ursula bought in order to get a tax write-off for a KitchenAid mixer is now paying off.
1: Okay, wait. I didn't get the tax write-off. I didn't buy the book. I wrote the book. But yes,
0: right, right. I'll start that again. None (laughs) of that just happened. That just we're done. We just start over. Okay. Ursula wrote a book in order to get a tax write-off on a KitchenAid stand mixer. Right, Right. The bright red mixer is still there. The book was came out last year. It did very, very, very well. And um, this year, she's she's gathering all the awards. Has your Nebula come yet? It has not. Uh, I wonder if you just hold it up to the to the camera.
1: Uh, I I I could go get. I, I oh god, it feels incredibly arrogant to say I, I have yes. a Nebula. I could go get it and hold it. <laughs> uh, but uh, I. Yeah. I, I have, I I had all these big, like, glass cases to hold my skull collection, so we just stick the awards in there with the skulls.
0: Stick the awards in there with the skulls. That keeps them, um, I don't know, humble? I I don't Uh, don't know where I'm going with
1: this. The, the, the sort of, uh, memento mori thing, or, uh, uh, in ancient Rome, when at the height of, you know, when all the crowds were cheering, there was a guy who was paid to whisper in your ear, Remember, you two must die. So oh. that you, you know, didn't get hubris. Because once <laughs> you had hubris, the gods were just like, oh, it's done. Yeah. So.
0: yes, I I've only... been playing
1: a lot of Hades lately and hubris, yes.
0: Oh, yeah. You just discovered that Hades's voice is made of sex.
1: Zagreus, not Hades. Hades Zachary's, is so why sad.
0: can't I talk today? Oh my god, I told you guys, I'm off, I'm off on streaming today. It's just like, I'm tired Did you take and...
1: your meds, Mer?
0: Shit, no, I didn't. You talk for a second.
1: Okay, so, uh, anyway, uh, I know to say that because Kevin says that to me constantly when I get a little scattered. Did you take your meds? Uh, Both Ben and I are on the same meds, I believe, for ADHD, which is a uh, thing that we both have, and that makes us very easily distracted and prone to aphasia frequently, which is losing words. Of course, most writers, I think, are prone to aphasia because we use all of our words professionally, and then when the time comes to use them in, like, amateur, non-professional contexts, we're completely out, we've spent them all in the books, so we're just going... The thingy! Hand me the thingy! The thing, The floobity thing!
0: You know what, I yeah. I've, I think this is built up in my head more, because, um, I don't know if anybody's ever expected this from me, but I, I dislike word games because I'm not very good at them, but I feel like people expect me to be good at them because I'm a writer, and so then I feel more hatred for them just because I resent them. Even though no one said, You love writing, why don't you like Scrabble? And... We were playing, we were watching Wheel of Fortune for the first time in, for me, decades the other night And, um, I'm looking at it going, I don't don't know what any of this is I I don't know, but, uh, anyway, thank you for reminding me, because I had not taken my meds today So, um, Kevin wants to know if he needs to fetch the awards Uh, sorry, I want you to be proud of those awards uh, um,
1: Kevin, if you want to bring a nebula out to the backyard so I can show the internet what one looks like, okay, I guess.
0: Uh, Rainjoy says, Zag is the best. Uh, yes. Yes, yeah, so Zagreus' voice is made of sex. Interestingly enough, Scully's is not, and it's the same voice actor.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I'm... i I. And it wouldn't work so well with Zagreus as a character, and this is the game Hades, if you haven't yeah. played it. so. sorry. Uh, is very polite. And this is a hack and slash dungeon crawl. Super
0: polite. Even but, the people who are assholes.
1: Yes, he's so nice. And, like, to everybody. Including, you know, like, the the house cleaner. And the various people who are trying to kill him. Like, you know, he, he kills all of the, the witches and something. And he's like, well, until next time, ladies. And, and he means <laughs> it when he says it. You know, Theseus is just an ass And yeah. he's so nice to Theseus And I'm he like He gets a
0: little salty with Theseus He
1: does, but there's the, the uh, uh, he's, he's always, he's trying to stand up For the Minotaur, he's like the Minotaur Is worth like half of your thing. Okay, yes this, Thank you, is, this is a Nebula Award It's a big ass Lucite brick With uh, planets And a galaxy Embedded in it Don't take that through airport security unless you want to have a moment. Uh, But you can't put it in your carry, in your your checked luggage, because the cold differential could make it crack. So they tell you take it in your carry on. And so I took it in my carry on, and first of all, it's very heavy, and secondly, there is a button they can hit to make the little conveyor belt uh, at the screening like turn and. Shoot the the luggage sideways And I did not realize that I thought it was always fixed But like I was going through a hair And they slammed that button And all of a sudden my nebula Was halfway across the room And I'm like And then it occurred to me Clear plastic brick with Things, slightly denser objects Embedded in it, oh my god They think I've got a block of plastic
0: Yeah yeah. And I went over, and,
1: you know, uh, the TSA was was very uh, humorless, and I was like, I will unpack that. and It's an award, and I take it out, and I show them, and they're all like, what is this thing? <laughs> Sorry, I realize some of this will be audio later, so my, my expressions will not come through. They were... Uh, very puzzled, and finally they were like, "I guess you can take that on." And then one of the TSA agents said, "Congratulations on the award." So that was, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah.
0: Well, the funny thing is, first time I saw that, I thought you could cave in a skull with this. This is oh, this is an yeah. actual weapon. And then Sarah Pinsker wrote, uh, and then there were n minus one, which is a like one of my favorite stories of like the past 10 years and I'm sorry it didn't win more awards but it uh it's a it's a story about Sarah Pinsker going to a convention of Sarah Pinskers from all the multiverses yeah. and one of them dies and she has to figure out which one of herself from which multiverse is the killer but small spoiler the murder weapon is a nebula <laughs> So it's, guys, search for, and then there were N, minus, and then parentheses, one. And it's a take on Agatha Christie's, and then there were none. And uh, it's just so good. Worth reading, definitely. Yes, definitely. We are way off topic with Ditch Diggers. I'm going to acknowledge the chat one more time, and then uh, we'll talk about stuff. So we got uh, Rainjoy agreeing with me that Scrabble is terrible. Lee says, words hard, been there, done that. Uh Tree Lobsters wants a chance to hold up a literary award someday. I hope so too, Tree Lobsters. Uh You, ah, you have fun. a beagle, Murray! You could hold that up. Well, yeah, that's in the hall though. <laughs> but th- that was that was someone else saying that oh, the oh, opportunity well, to
1: hold. We all, opportunity. Yes, yes, we all, yes. Yes. You um, go giant stick insect. I believe in you.
0: Yes. It's also fun to lose a word in English but have it in Spanish says uh, the kids are asleep. Uh, phased Out says, the squiggly what's it? I'm assuming we're still talking about the nebula. Continually forget the name. Uh, that was, I think, supposed to be a Spiral Galaxy or something. Ah, uh, Spiral Galaxy, phased out. Um, Rainjoy also hates Scrabble. Devo Spice is here, hello. Um, sometimes Tree Lobsters has to go through the alphabet to try to dig one up. Uh, Sessafet says, Meg's voice is even better. I find Meg a little... I hate the term "vocal fry," but I believe if you're looking up vocal fry in the dictionary, a picture of Meg from Hades shows up.
1: She's pleasant, but uh, I gotta say, uh, while I know all of my bisexual friends think Hades is the greatest thing since sliced bread, I am hopelessly straight, so uh, I'm like, yeah, Meg seems neat.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, same. Uh, yeah, not, not
1: doing it for me. Uh, I mean, I'm romantic Thanatos, so you know.
0: Who isn't? Oh, does everybody do that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you can romance all of them. Well, you can romance, like, three of them, right? Well, you, no, I mean, of the romanceables, you can be with all of them, and they're all just like, cool. Because Zyreese is so polite. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm also
1: hopelessly monogamous. I feel yeah, like yeah. I'm feeding on, you know, the other characters.
0: Uh, Steven... Says the, the nebula is so pretty At least he's Steven's using the um, It's so pretty Very adorable uh, emoticon <laughs> e- Emoji, whatever it is uh, Let's see The fact that the TSA can't tell the difference Between Lucite and C4 does not fill me with a lot of confidence Well, Tree Lobsters, you know, that's all just Security theater anyway um, Yeah,
1: how long have we been Taking our shoes off and we were told It would be temporary
0: Yeah Oh, thank you. Kids are asleep. Kids are asleep is posted and linked to, and then there were n minus one. So uh, I recommend everybody go check it out. I'll try to remember to put that in the show notes if I could find a pen on this writer's desk to remind myself of that. Okay, so uh, let's see. We got. I once I once cut in. Tr- Octopus gallery got in trouble over toothpaste. Um. Uh, live
1: plants. Try taking live plants through. Uh, and I knew it was going to be a thing, so I like had a speech prepared. I walked in. I was like, I have four live plants. They were legally obtained. They are native to North America. Uh, they are not on the endangered species list. Here are the species if you need to know them. And they stared at me and, like I was out of my mind. And I'm like, what, in case there's agricultural concerns, these are all native to Arizona?
0: And they were like, uh, uh, okay. I really wish you had someone following you around to take pictures (laughs) of people. And then we can get a picture of everybody from the TSA people to the guy you bought your gun from to any new doctor you ever meet. And basically, they're all going to get the same look on their face, which I think is the Ursula look. Now, see, I would tell your husband to do that, but your husband is busy making friends with every other person in the room, because that's, that's his superpower. Yes. So, yes. Uh, yeah, Ursula went off and bought a gun to start uh, deer hunting, and of course, baffled the man who sold it to her. And uh, I,
1: had, I knew nothing of guns. I... I still know very little. I don't like them. I don't enjoy them. I was just like, okay, for my own moral reasons, if, uh, first of all, I I was going kind of liberal survivalist after Trump got elected, and was like, I would like to learn to hunt deer in case civilization collapses, uh, because otherwise I'd have to keep livestock and I'm not doing that. And then the other thing was, if I eat meat regularly, which I do, I feel I should be uh, I, I felt like I should personally have to pull the trigger in order to uh, sort of confront the reality of it. And if I couldn't do that in the moment, then I probably had no business eating meat. Was my thought. This applies only to me. I'm not saying any of the rest of you have to, you know, apply to my, you know, subscribe to my weird moral things. So, uh, I decided to take up deer hunting, so I called my father, whose goal in life is to hunt everything with hooves at least once, and his first thing was, uh, have you been replaced by a pod person, and then it was, okay, yes, yes, I will teach you this, oh my god, yes, because, you know, he's never had anyone to sort of pass his, his great passion onto, and, uh. But I had to go buy a twenty two to see if I could shoot a gun at all, and a twenty two is a smaller rifle in this case. And so I went to the local hunting shop that had opened up and walked in and said, I need to buy something called a twenty two. Do you have that? <laughs> and he was like, yes. And it kind of went from there, and I'm like, okay, great. And he's like, and he was very professional. He was nice. He was kind. Uh, there was no one else in the store. And I think he was worried that he had just opened up and that business was going to be terrible. So he's like, I recommend this model here. And I'm like, great. I need something called a scope put on it. He's like, I can do this. Yes. And I was like, okay. Do I need to, like, have a waiting period or go through a background check? And he's like, it's a 22. <laughs> and I stared at him, and he stared at me, and just this mutual non-comprehension, and I'm like, but I could shoot someone with this. And he's like, don't. <laughs> I'm like, but do I need a, a? but don't I need, like, a, a background check or a waiting period? And he's like, it's a 22. Uh And he's like, you, you and then he paused, he's like, are you a convicted felon? And I'm like, I don't think so, no. <laughs> And I'm like, wait, and then I was, had this idea, because I thought, for some reason, you should have to get, like, a license for this, like you do for a driver's license. I yeah, mean, you should. You should. And so, uh, I was like, wait, okay, maybe it's like, you can buy a car, you can't drive until you have a license. I could buy the gun, but I couldn't shoot it. And he was like, I believe I also need, like, bullets. And I'm thinking, okay, I'll need a waiting period on that. And he's like, I, I, I sell those. And then he had to check to make sure he did sell those because I had completely flummoxed this poor man. He probably so forgot I,
0: what he was there to do. Yeah, he he My could not
1: <laughs> remember that he sold bullets. He like had to reassure himself that yes, he still had rounds and he sold them to people. And we had uh, uh, we went through everything, and I made him show me all the parts, like you know, and how they worked and everything. And he was very nice and very polite, and I did have to fill out one form, which included, um, are you currently a fugitive from justice? And I was like, is, does anyone ever say yes to this? He's yeah. like, no. No, they don't. And there was another part, which I filled out correctly, which it was like, check either this box or this box, so I checked the one that applied, and he looked at me and he said, you did that right. And I'm like, good. He said, no one has ever done that right. And what I started question? to think, it was It was just like, are you a resident in such and such, or are, or if you are not there, uh, fill out this other thing. And both of them you could have filled out, basically. I think it was like, put your address in whichever one applies. And anyway, at that point I started to think I was perhaps not the stupidest person who had ever purchased a gun. <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay, now I need a thing to put it in. Do you have like a... a Sleeve or a case is like You you can take the box I don't have any And finally it was done And I I blogged this all up in much greater detail Uh, And he Walked me out to the car And sort of I think trying to reassure me or himself Was like You're fine You were fine If you can't figure out how to shoot it Come back here And I have a range And I can show you And I'm like great And, uh, yeah, that was my my gun-buying experience of being a liberal, buying a gun. I kept thinking they would be able to smell that I voted for Nader once in the 90s.
0: (laughs) Valerie loves the notion that Ursula is a walking manifestation of some very specific kind of lawful chaos that confounds everyone (laughs) around her, and that is the best description of Ursula I've ever, ever heard. Well done, Val. Also, by the way, Val... Nominated for the Clark Award—that how you know she's awesome with the words. Congratulations, Val! Congrats um, and good luck. Yes.
1: Wait, the so, Clark Award is still coming, right? It isn't uh a... Yeah,
0: the nominees okay. were announced last week, I believe.
1: Okay, so good luck then. Yes, it's not a—it a, a, was an honor to be nominated. Good luck. Uh,
0: which one was it, Val? You could put your put put the name. I can't remember which book it was. Uh, it's got to be the. Yeah, you, you you put it in the chat because I don't want to get it wrong because that's embarrassing. But chilling effect, yes, yes. So, uh please check out uh, Val's book. At the same time, you know, you could also buy the Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking, which uh, could be up for the Triple Crown, which is what I'm calling. And I was going to compare you to Secretariat, and then you were going to tell me Secretariat facts. Oh uh, yes. Also, uh, Secretary- still not on the topic meeting- of ditch diggers, but go.
1: Uh, Secretariat was a mutant. Uh, he His heart was like twice the size of an ordinary racehorse's. And normally, that is quite a large heart tends to be fatal, but not in Secretariat's case. He did great. And he also had an extremely flexible spine, which allowed him to do something called a double suspension gallop, where there was a moment uh, in his, there's a moment in every horse's stride where they have all their legs like off the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were two moments in his because his spine was so flexible. And very, very rare in racehorses. It's, uh, and it lets you go a lot faster, basically, because if you're not touching the ground, you're, you're flying. And uh, they think, uh, I want to say, uh, either Seabiscuit or War Admiral uh, might have been able to do it, too, but they didn't have good photos. But uh, he was uh, he was completely a mutant. Uh, they, when he died, they dissected him, and they were like, uh, this horse... A horse like this has never existed before, basically, and that's why he was just won everything. His heart was huge, uh, literally as well as metaphorically. He had the, a spine like a cat. Uh, yeah, it's, he should probably not have existed, but he did, and that is why he was the greatest racehorse. Sad to say he did not breed very well. Uh, everybody claims they have descendants of Secretariat. I don't know how many of them are true.
0: Well, if uh, you say you do, and your horse just runs like a regular horse, it doesn't matter if you're telling the truth or not, because you you kind of yeah. need those mutant things to continue for any of the secretariat uh, ability yeah. to be worth anything.
1: His uh, by all accounts, his boys could not swim
0: gotcha. very well. So yeah. So anyway,
1: we <laughs> talk about writing probably or something related. Probably to
0: that. so. Here's the deal. I um. I have a podcast about this called I Should Be Writing, and I discuss this more at length, but I'm doing it with Ursula to transfer to something else now. So if you've heard this, please stick around because we're going in a different direction. But I've realized something about myself recently, and that is I have been doing a little bit of self-sabotage because I hold myself back from putting 100% into some of my projects. And I've known that, but I, I it took me forever to figure out where that what was making me hold back and i think it was the it, it's fear of failure but it's fear of failure that if i put everything i have into a project and it fails then that means the project failed
1: that means and, you weren't good enough
0: exactly yeah. and if i did not put anything everything into it then i think well if i would tried my best i could have succeeded now i just failed because i'm lazy or i adhd blame whatever you could but I knew I didn't put my all into it, so I can blame that. Oh, if I had put that 30% in, then I would have done it. And I essentially realized I'm that guy. It's just like, well, I could do that, but I don't want to. And it's just really disgusting. So I've been trying to work through that. And one of the things I've been uh, looking at is admiring people like you and Joanna Penn for everything you do regarding your career. I have pretty much been focusing on... Um, traditional publishing. Since I got my first deal, I was doing a lot of uh, podcast publishing and a little bit of ebook publishing, you know, ten years ago. God. And but since I got my first Orbit deal, I have been pretty much traditionally focused the whole way. And I admired you because you have like you have a very strict way of going about your traditional deals and your self publishing plans and. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. How And, you know, knowing that we both have ADHD, how the hell do you do it? Uh, uh,
1: strict how? Like, uh, uh, I mean, I, I try to sit down and do a thousand words four days a week or the system fails. Uh, so I guess that's fairly strict in that I go and write, you know, every day, four days a week. But, uh, I take weekends off. I had to learn to take weekends off because uh, my word count went down after a point if I just never took any time off uh, and I mean it's my job I do it because it's my job so it's the thing I have to go do and see I have the opposite problem um I am not a perfectionist and like a whole bunch of people and um who have ADHD are perfectionists and this is this is like stand this is like fog-standard classic perfectionism problem, which is, uh, if I don't try, if I don't, uh, I have learned that doing my best and being, it will never be perfect, so I should not try. Because if I don't try, then I don't have to worry about the fact it's not perfect.
0: Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist, but that makes a lot of sense. It, uh, uh,
1: were you a, a gifted kid?
0: Gifted kids
1: in the 80s. Yes, uh, they, they set us all up for this real well. They really um, did. Yes, and, and and I feel like we swag on gifted programs a lot. I feel like it also did me a lot of good. And God knows the teachers were trying so hard to keep me from, you know, suffering the fate that eventually befalls us all. when We were very bright students and then get to a point where uh, being bright is not enough and suddenly realize we've never learned how to study or work. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, so no shade on my teachers; they were trying. They didn't know what ADHD looked like in girls. They, you know, I I I always feel bad slagging on the programs because they were such wonderful people who were trying so hard and trying to give me the tools. You know, here use an organizer, things like that. And uh, they tried. What I needed was uh, chemicals, but you know.
0: And hey, when, when is, gosh, your child is so smart. Gosh, your child is so bright. When is that When is that a put-down? Why would they try to avoid saying that? I mean, like exactly, said, they were yeah. doing their best.
1: Your child Very is so smart, if she would just apply herself. Yeah. Uh, and, and, like, I think three-quarters of the people in the chat probably had a chill run down their spine when I said that. <laughs> uh, and certainly many of the listeners, I'm sure. So, uh, I kind of went the opposite way, which was, I am... Um, uh, my desire is to be so good at everything that I can phone it in, and it will still work and be amazing. Uh, this is, in some ways, perhaps a slightly harder row to hoe because I will have to get really amazing before I can just phone everything in. But then I can spend the rest of my time in the garden.
0: And that's what it's all about. Yes. So, uh, but but talking on a on a.
1: On the hybrid thing, yes. yes
0: yeah, uh, like on yeah. A, so you do a thousand words a day. I see, I know how you get so much written, but you've got to plan out how many How many uh, self-published books do you do a year? Two?
1: Uh, I like to do two, I like to do three if I can do it. Uh, I am coming to grips with the fact I will probably not be doing three this year. Uh, sometimes I can do two and a novella, but yeah, it's... Uh, it, this year, maybe not. So uh, how,
0: sorry. a
1: hard, hard realization for me, but yes.
0: Well, you've also got several books contracted right now. Right. So, yeah.
1: basically, as soon as I finish this book that's going to be the self-pub in the next few months, uh, I have to turn around and the next day start working on the... Or, not start working, but keep working on this horror novel that's due in September. So, uh, yeah. Uh, how do I do it? Um, I can work on multiple projects at a time and I will whatever uh, when the deadline is not like right here in my face I will work on whatever I'm excited about and so if I have an idea about what where something goes I will work on that as long as the excitement takes me and then I will switch to another thing so and I get a lot more done when I'm excited so you know I don't always know what the thing that I'm going to be excited about is uh when I am excited about a project, it doesn't matter if it's sold. It doesn't matter if I have immediate plans for it. I will just work on it, and uh, and then sometimes I, when I you know, I'll write seventeen hundred words or two thousand on it, and then I will be like, okay, I have to go write at least a couple hundred on a project with a deadline. Uh, so I do that, and but it works out because then I usually have a project that I'm like fifteen or. Between fifteen and thirty thousand words done on, and one of those, for example, uh, Tor has a second fan uh, has been contracted for a second fantasy novel, and so we've been sort of wondering what it should be, and so I was like, "Hey, have you seen this thing?" and sent them a thing that had I don't know fifteen thousand words on it, and that and it was like, "Yes, I love this. I will take this for Tor. This will be the second one. Great." And it was just a thing I was excited about a while ago, and then I thought of again and was excited about it, so I wrote more words on it. So I just keep lots of projects lying around, and sometimes I will get this sudden pang of enthusiasm or realize what the thing is that happens next on that thing and go back and write it. Uh, it also helps, I and I don't know if this is a duplicatable thing, I write very clean first drafts. I don't have to go through like eight drafts on a project. I write it... Uh, and pretty much I write the end, and I send it to my editor. and so uh, yeah, because if I had to sit down and do a second like i and I've been doing that since college, high school, whatever, when you know I, I had a teacher, a professor in college once say, "You don't write first drafts or second drafts or anything, do you? You just sit down and write the paper." And I'm like, "Yes." And he was all, okay. Well, it was entertaining to read, so you get a B. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I, I'm not here to, you know, make you. Uh, like, I'm your archaeology professor. I'm not here to make you write second drafts. I'm just noticing
0: that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. uh, well, I apologize, I apologize for trying, for to, push trying to push this, push this. further. But no, no, If you, you want to do two, do two... Uh, books a year. That's self-published Do you plan At what point do you say Okay, this thing I'm excited about That I've got 30,000 words This is going to be my summer book Or do you decide I'm going to pu- to publish this book in July Or I mean, how how specifically does that work? Or do you just like wait until You are at a point where You're happy about something And then you think I can probably get it out in a month or so
1: uh, It started out I'm happy about something. I can probably get it out in a month or so. Now it's not like that anymore because I have all these traditional contracts. And I have basically what amounts to non-compete clauses with some of them. Right. So it's, uh, don't put anything out within uh, three months after, you know, this book comes out or whatever. And uh, I don't think I'm on three, I don't think I'm at three months with anybody. Saga wanted three months and that was always difficult to work with because they would block up like a good chunk of the year. Um so I have to like sit down, and when my editor gave me uh, gives me the basically the timeline of publishing, I go okay. That I, I just it's a spreadsheet that she sends me, and I look at it, and I sit, open a Word doc or something, and write okay, I can put out. Uh, uh, there's a slot here where I can put out a book. There's a slot here where I can put out a book. There's a slot here where I can put out a book. And that means I have to write a book by that time period. And uh, I could have, I could have, I had two slots for books this year, and I won't swear that the second one won't happen uh, because that would be like, I think, January of, uh, of 2022. But it's, uh, yeah, it's looking a little dicey. But, and then I just uh, kind of plan for that. And I'm very lucky in that I have a self-published editor who will do rapid turnarounds and who basically just holds an open slot for me. Like, I, I let her know, okay, I think this will be done in June. It's rarely done in June. Okay, okay, it's actually going to be July. And uh, she just takes it then and gets it back to me as soon as she can, which is usually, you know, anywhere from... Uh, a weekend to two, three weeks, depending on what she's got going on, but, uh, yeah, so, and then my, uh, the small press that does the print versions, who are lovely, lovely people, Argyle Publications, uh, they are, um, actually, uh, basically the, um, the not furry side of Fur Planet, and, uh, I love them to pieces, they, uh, will, do very rapid turnarounds on print books because, uh, not to put too fine a point upon it, it makes them money. So I will be like, I think I will have a book for you in a month. Can we get it out the door in a month? And one of their editors uh, will be like, you know, since I'm handing them an already edited manuscript, essentially, it's just uh, uh, set up the storefronts, do the print stuff, get everything, you know, get the... the, the sample copy, the, the arcs, arc, yeah, it's funny, they don't send out arcs or anything, but just get the, the one that shows you that the book is actually the book and is not, uh, and somebody didn't accidentally print a cookbook inside it or whatever. Uh, the proofs. And, proofs, uh, yes. And, yeah, so they will do that in, like, very short order now, and I love them for it. I try not to lay that on them when they're in the middle of, like, hyper-convention season, because that's just cruel. They're like, yeah, we got a con every weekend, and you want us to do a book release next. But, uh, yeah. So, Um, I'm I'm surrounded by people who are willing to work fast, and I sort of have a vague schedule, but because I have ADHD, my sense of time is really bad, for the most part. So, I, uh... Oh, I—I I have a vague idea. Okay, I should be working on something at the end of uh, you know in September. Once I've turned in this horror novel, I should definitely start working on something to come out in January. Uh, is it going to be the uh, the next Paladin book? Well, okay, no, I've got a lot of work on the next Paladin book. It's only ten thousand. Words it's long and it'll want to be a hundred thousand So that's like, you know, okay, that's a lot Maybe a novella, okay And then it'll just come down to what I'm excited about writing So
0: Yeah, so, it's, it's
1: more slapdash than it looks on the outside
0: Yeah um, So I know that you and your agent Have an interesting relationship Because you seem to have a relationship, interesting relationship With almost everybody in your life But for people who think That they would like to have The bonus of Um self-publishing is monthly paychecks whereas oh, yeah. when you are uh, traditionally published you get your advances and then you get, when you when you earn out your royalties usually come about twice a year so uh that is one big reason to be a hybrid author but um how do you deal how, how do you introduce this to your agent what what happens when you think i mean i know that that defensive baking was a long saga of selling the rights, and then getting them back, and then etc. But overall, when how do you a- approach your agent with this plan?
1: Uh, I basically... we had a... Uh, it started easily enough, we had a novella that uh, we couldn't sell anywhere. That was Nine Goblins. People liked it, but they didn't know what to do with it. Uh, we had one editor who was like, I would like this, but you'd have to cut out all of these little random world-building asides you do. And I'm like, I believe that means you don't actually want the book. Yeah. And uh, because, like, I know my readers will have to know they love the wor- random world building. aside that's half of what you read my stuff. So I'm like, okay, not a good fit there. And finally, I was like, Helen, my agent's name is Helen, how about I just self-publish this thing? And she's like, I think that would be a good idea. And later on, you know, we had other books that were similar, uh, and... Then I just started writing stuff specifically for self-pub, and I was like, okay, um, I told her, look, I love having you as an agent, you do great things for me as an agent, I want you to keep being my agent, I'm not going to complete, you know, self-pub forever, but how about I self-pub some of these things, and then if anybody comes asking for audio rights or or foreign rights or anything, it's all you. And because I want to keep working with you, you're great. I just have this, uh, you know, obviously I have a lot of stuff that appeals to just a large enough audience that my self-publish, is, it's worth self-publishing for me, but not a large enough audience that editors know how to sell it, so for traditional publishing. And she basically said, yeah, I think that's a great idea. So, uh, we just had the conversation, and it was easy. You know, I said with, I'm not trying to get rid of you, I'm not, I, I want to continue being trade published, but this is, you know, uh, I have all this stuff that doesn't fit into neatly into this, so why don't I do that? And you stay involved once it gets out there. And she was like, yes, let us do that. And, in fact, she has sold foreign rights for a lot of my books, and uh, she pitches self-pub books of mine to uh, movie people. And she's uh, uh, handled all of the audio rights with, uh, with Tanther and who all. So, uh, yeah, she's still involved, you know, she doesn't get the big chunk of the advance money, basically, but she's on uh, all of the smaller contracts that, you know, bring in uh, small amounts of money fairly regularly. And I'm sure it's not much, you know, you're never going to get rich on audio self-pub usually, but 50, 60 bucks here and there, it all adds, uh, you know, once a quarter adds up over time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, and a lot of being an agent is, you know, taking uh, as, I, I guess working sort of, uh, pro bono and hoping that, uh, that some of this makes money. So, uh, I think it would be different maybe if I had gone completely self pub and sworn off trade publishing, but, uh, no, we, we just had the conversation and I was up front. You're great at what you do. I don't want to do any of that. And one of the the early days of self-pub were uh, different and uh, <laughs> contentious. And one of the things that the big rallying cry was, fire your agent, fire your agent. I'm not going to fire my agent. I don't want to read those contracts myself. Yeah. I'm not an entertainment lawyer. Uh, and I... Actually, got into it with someone once who was going on, yeah, you know, there's no reason you need an agent there, just bloodsuckers taking 15%. And I'm like, I would pay her a lot more than 15% to read the contracts and deal with them for me. I don't want to do that. I want to sit in a room and write. And yes, I had to learn, you know, the basics of ebook formatting and whatnot for uh, uh, Self Pub to uh, put out the books now. Uh, Vellum, if you're on Mac, Vellum is great. And, uh, but also draft to digital uh, which is a website, it's a distributor, it distributes books to everybody. You can, uh, you do Kindle and you do draft to digital and you cover 99% of the bases.
0: Uh, these, these links will be in the show notes.
1: Yes. Uh, draft to digital is very easy to use. I stopped using Smashwords. Um, I still have a couple books on Smashwords because I haven't bothered to take them down, but they're meat grinder was a uh, uh was aptly named and I never liked what they did and I never made much money there there's a thing that will drop my books directly in the Kobo store or the Nook store or whatever yeah sign me up
0: and library I haven't had I haven't had good luck with with Smashwords because I inevitably I would format a book and I would upload it and it would be like this book gets accepted and we're gonna put it over here here and here and then like Two weeks later, I would get a, one of your books does not meet our requirements. I'm like, you just accepted it. Yep. Like, nope, we don't like it anymore. And this happened over and over again. And finally, I just, I rage quit. I'm like, no, I, I don't care. And every once in a while, they're like, hey, one of your books is not pro- um, yeah, well, i for our site. Come fix it. And I'm like, no, go away. Yeah.
1: No, it's worth it. they're, uh, the, they're, um, their royalty statements were just a royal pain in the ass to decipher, too. Whereas, I can go to Draft2Digital, click a thing, get a bar graph, basically. And it says, in the last month, you sold X copies. And you'd think that would be extremely easy to get on Smashwords, but it turns out, not so much. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, Draft2Digital is great, they've been super professional... Like, at one point, um, I get an email from them. Uh, this was back in the early days. That is like, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. And uh, we're sending our staff home so they can have Thanksgiving with their families. So, if there's anything you want to get in, uh, and this was like two weeks before, get it in now. Or expect to possibly have delays. Uh, we're hoping they won't be. But the staff needs Thanksgiving up. And I'm like, this is the only. I have never had anyone, like in in the the self-pub, you know, website distributor thing, ever be like, hey, get stuff in early because this thing is upcoming. And it's a nice thing, not our computers all crashed. So, yeah, I'm very happy with them.
0: And it's also showing that they treat their workers well.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it's been been great. I, I have no complaints with them. I'm sure they'll get bought by, you know, somebody soon and then we will all be sad, but uh, yeah. at the moment, they're good. Yeah, so, uh, I have no idea if I've answered your questions or not.
0: I think so. I mean, I've just wanted to go through, uh, it's a lot of questions I personally have, because I'm trying to think well, if for... I am going to do, put everything I can into my projects, um, there are some self-publishing things I'm considering, and I no, need to Busty figure out...
1: Absolutely self published turkey and string! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, Turkey and String, I actually pitched that to uh, Tor.com, and they said, we like everything about this except for the Turkey and String part. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Tor. then you just want, like, a noir crime novel, and that's not what I was going to write, because I... I, yeah. I the, the weird thing was the fact that, that that was the thing that made it stand out, and you want me to not do that. Okay. Yeah, so, Ursula... Many, many, many years ago, came we up with drunk. the
1: idea of. We were at a party, we were drinking, and we, we no. came up with. It was uh, like, uh, oh yeah, um, I was explaining uh, doing uh, school visits and coming up with ideas, you know, explaining how easy it is to come up with ideas to kids. And I was like, the first comes the worst, pick two random objects, they fight crime. And we wound up with Turkey and String. I think you were how they fight crime. And then we started going about how it was like a comic with, you know, String is just dangling from the top of the panel, not apparently attached to anything. And Turkey, and they're both, you know, they're, they're hard-bitten cops, and Turkey is always yelling, String, they'll have your badge for that. Oh, my God, String, put that man down. It's just a picture of a man on the ground with a string laying on him. And, yeah, uh, yeah and they decided this would make a brilliant noir tech crime novel and, uh, yeah.
0: It didn't work. But it totally I, worked! I didn't sell it then. I yeah, I can try to, I can try to, try to sell it again. Basically, I had, my, my concept well, was you there's to try a, to sell uh, it again. You write that thing and you self-publish it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the concept is there's, uh, a, a new, new tech to, uh, take problem solving, um, problem solving detectives and put them into people's minds only the main character has a faulty piece of software and gets a turkey and all the turkey wants to do is talk about the glory days of fighting crime with string and all of strings secrets yeah. like you know that it it's string's mom was a, a violin bow string and, and, uh, violin st- E string and, um, I forget what else we did, a lot of stuff, so, yeah. And,
1: and it was, it was brilliant because most people had, like, like, Sherlock Holmes or Hercule Poirot and, yeah. and, uh, the, and your poor character is wandering around trying not to let anybody know that what they've got is this, you know, uh, is this defective police turkey. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, was, it was genius.
0: The, the the chat is on board, which is good. Uh, Devo Spice has also offered <laughs> to do a parody of lizard and fish and turn it into turkey and string. So, I,
1: Argyle, uh, as I recall from a a, a drunken pitch session when I made you tell them the story, was like, uh, "Write this book and we will publish it."
0: So that's true. Yeah. They were. I should. I okay. I'll,
1: I mean, I'll, it's a small press thing, and you can totally do the ebook yourself and have them handle all the print stuff. That's what I do. That's a sort of joint publishing venture between me and them, but, uh, yeah
0: Yeah, again, I think it's one of those, well, it's it, it's really weird And I could put all I could put my all into it and see if it flies or fails Fly like a turkey or get right. eaten like a turkey Or, or I could just, part. like, dream about it for year after year after year And just say that it didn't work because I didn't do it, and now
1: Well, that's time why. is always a factor You know, there's only so many projects you can work on Like, I've been saying for years I've got to write the book about the corn god going mad from disrespect Although I actually am writing that But Thor passed on it They were like, I don't know about this But, you know, I'll I'll, I'll self-publish it one of these days Or send it to uh, uh, Subterranean Keeps Poking Me for a horror novel Or a horror novella Are you
0: going to make the corn god mad because of disrespect into a horror novella?
1: Oh, it would have to be, wouldn't it? I mean, corn is inherently. It crazy. wouldn't have to. I don't know. No, corn is corn is inherently scary. Cornfields I mean, are
0: terrifying. I, I just recently reread *Children of the Corn*, but yeah. So we got uh, Veil, who fights cats, has just arrived. Chose a stra- strange time to join the stream. I heard turkeys and poirot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're talking about a writing a story about a turkey whose old partner was a piece of string. And, yeah. Solving Corn is evil. Corn mazes are the worst. We got we got people on board that uh, corn is bad. So, clearly, I'm wrong. I'm sorry.
1: No, you know, corn is... Uh, I mean, uh, years of corn are not going to do anything to you, really. But corn mazes are frightening. Cornfields are frightening. Uh, I was on board to be scared of the movie Signs when it was just the alien ankle disappearing into the cornfield. And then they had to put the rest of the movie on it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the one where water was the...
1: Yeah, you're, uh, you're a species who melts in water and you come to a planet that is
0: 70, 70% yeah. with, where water falls from the sky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what signs should have been? It should have been Dragon Riders of Pern, only they were the people coming to here. Right, Earth,
1: like Earth, Earth was threatened.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. like, hey, we're going to come here. It's going to be great. And then, you know, Thread starts falling from the sky and they melt. It's the same thing. It's just like Anne McCaffrey, only without dragons and with Joaquin Phoenix.
1: Uh, that's, that is, yeah. Yeah. I I, I am gobsmacked at this, <laughs> this analogy. Uh, that's how yeah, to sell
0: it. It's, it's, yeah, it's just like Dragon Riders <laughs> of Pern.
1: Only without the big telepathic dragons, which are, frankly, the reason everyone read the Pern books. Fred was just the excuse to give you big telepathic dragons.
0: Yeah. 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 So, uh, we have been going on for quite some time, and I've been delighted that everyone's been hanging around with us. Is, uh, oh, that may be the absolute best mirth sentence and the most mirth thing ever. <laughs> I don't know which one you mean, Larry, but thank you. Which specific one? Um...
1: Any burning questions from the chat? Yeah, I was going
0: to say, if if there's any questions you have uh, for Ursula or Ditch Digging in general or in specific, we are here for you. Um, I believe Ursula is going to be a guest host at least once more uh, in August. So if you have any questions, if you're listening to this later and you have a question for Ursula, ask it and I will save it for that time.
1: I feel a little bad that every time I'm on Ditch Diggers, we wind up just talking about me, and I'm like, "But Ditch Diggers is like a show about you know uh, uh, the business of writing and humor, and and what are you what are you working on lately?"
0: <laughs> I am working on um, my novella that is uh, essentially Blues Clues meets 1984, and um, I'm on the third rewrite of that, and I think it's going well? I'm a little... I'm losing a little bit of self-confidence there, but...
1: Uh, once you hit the third rewrite, it's hard to keep the, the do-I-know-what-I'm-doing thing. I hope they're paying you well for it.
0: They are, but okay. it's it's just one of those, like... You always want to know what other people are going through. You want to know how other people's rewrites are requested. It's like uh, Paolo Bacigalupi once told me that that the rewrites for Wind Up Girl involved him taking out an entire character, and it was like he had to do like had to go into somebody's body cavity and remove like take everything out and remove like one thing and then pack everything back in to where it was still a body that worked. He said it with more gross. Things I think, but essentially it was like how hard it was to undo all of that, and then like take that one thing out, and then put it all back together again so it worked. And so it was like things like that make me feel good. And then you're not supposed to compare yourself to other people. It's just it's it's me. I'm at this point in my life after a global pandemic and other things are going on that have affected me and my mental capacity. And right now. It's taking me several drafts to get this book where it needs to be and I'm still just like doubting everything. So that's fun. Oh yeah. But I I it certainly made me a better outliner for sure. Because at this point I want to have want to make sure that the editor and I are on the same page before I go forward again with it. So um yeah, that's what I do on. with,
1: with uh, children's books mostly, where I would get in and they would be like, okay, so you need to, ch- this is not gonna fly, uh, it was the one, uh, I think it was, God, the, the giant trouble, the hamster princess book really gave us trouble. I wanted the, uh, magical harp who'd been held prisoner by the giant to just burn the castle down. <laughs> and, uh, uh she's like standing there with a match going, just try me, and, uh, My editor said very politely that, um, we were not allowed to have arson as a major plot point, (laughs) and that this was, uh, uh, a little too maniacal, I believe was her exact phrase, so I needed to figure something else out, so I had to rewrite the entire, like, second half of the book, and I wanted to kill off the giant, because of course the giant dies in Jack and the Beanstalk, and she was yeah, she was like, no. Can't kill him. So he had to fall, throw his back out, and uh, be... Uh, <laughs> and just be going,
0: muscle relaxants, bring me a muscle relaxant, the signs of a uh, battleship. And was
1: confined to bed with his only reading material, things like, why we do not keep sentient magic harps enslaved in our house. And, uh, yeah, it was... Um, I had to introduce, like, a deus ex machina for that one. Mm. Uh, which was the bean seller as it turned out so it worked but um, okay. yeah it was no. I, I had to like read a thing and I got discouraged and I was annoyed I, I was like uh, part of that was you know you are interfering with my vision which involves arson damn it <laughs> but uh, I you know I did it because it was money Yeah. I still yeah. don't know if the book is better for that but it was publishable
0: and money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we do have a couple of questions for you in the chat. Uh Skunk Bomb says your books often have animal companions. How do you pick which animal to use in a story? Uh and Kevin, if you're still around and you want to tell people about why GMs never give never should give Ursula a companion in D and D, go ahead and tell that on the side. But <laughs> Ursula, tell us the story about fiction.
1: Uh it, I, I would like to say that, you know, I have some, like, very professional or possibly mystical process whereby I pick, but I don't. Uh, the hedgehog in Seventh Bride showed up because something had to come out of the bushes, and I was like, hedgehogs are cute. And then became a sort of major companion animal, this hedgehog that communicates in mime. And uh, is sort of magic. But sort of, and, and it was great. Because, and I am, I am a pantser, not a plotter. Uh, I do not outline. So I realized, like, once I had the hedgehog in place, that I could do something with slugs, because hedgehogs eat slugs. So I have this entire, like, magical sequence where all the hedgehogs summon the, uh, the, uh, the slugs who eat through the uh, plants that have grown up to block her in with the uh, horrible... Gollum wife of Bluebeard that has been a scarecrow hung on a rack for years, slowly desiccating. uh, But it's still sentient. Uh, It wasn't a children's book, despite the hedgehogs. I thought it was when I wrote it, and everyone, the editor was like, I don't think this is a children's book. My agent was like, ha ha, this is not a children's book. (laughs) And uh, then later we got to play with myself, Bob Editor, and Kevin. At what point did you stop believing this was a children's book? Anyway, uh, so yeah, it was just a hedgehog was what came out of the bushes, so that's what I used. Uh, dog and cat were easy. The uh, uh, I, in uh, the twisted ones, there is a coonhound. I had just gotten a coonhound. They're lovely, flatulent dogs. I was, you know, madly in love with the breed, and uh, still am. They're delightful. They're not smart. But if you get the lazy ones, they just hang out and are cuddly and lovely. Uh, So I wrote him in, uh, Bongo the dog in, and he was just, I just had him act like a dog. And there was a point where, uh, there's a point in every horror novel where the question is, why doesn't the protagonist just say, oh, fuck this, and walk? Mm -hmm. Because obviously you would. 99% of the time uh and the two basic reasons not to do that are because someone you love is in danger or because you can't get out because you're in a spaceship or grinding poverty you can't leave although in many of these it's like no i i'm just gonna go uh you know I, i will live in a box next to walmart before i stay in this house uh very few people make that choice, but and of course you can't have the hero do that because then it's a very short book. It's the, yeah. the go flying the ring to Gondor. I mean, how many haunted house stories would there be where the hero is like something scary happened and the hero said, "Nope, I'm out of here."
0: Yeah, just standing on the porch, going, "No, nope, I'm good. I'm gonna sleep in my car later." Yeah,
1: exactly. And uh, so the heroine had to stay, and I figured, you know, I thought back to Alien and Ripley and the cat, and was like, okay. Bongo, has, the dog, has gone missing. You can't leave while your dog is out there. Because, of course, you can't leave all the dogs out there. you got to go back for the cat or go back for the dog. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, Bo the Cat in Hollow Places was just started as kind of a bit of local color in the museum and eventually became kind of moved the plot along a bit because uh, he was a large takes no crap, Tomcat. uh mm-hmm. looks like one I had once. <laughs> so, uh, Yeah, I, the animal companions they just kind of show up and then uh, the story frequently they, they become important to the story later on. I don't like start out going I will require a character who will move the plot along in these following ways. I will consult my handy chart of species and say that her companion should be an
0: ostrich. Yeah, I, I don't have any but uh yeah. Ansela wants to know any plan to, to release a wizard's guide audiobook?
1: Uh yes it's it's being recorded now I think um it, it should be out very shortly uh for uh, we've the rights. Tantor has it. We heard the uh we I picked the narrator so yeah uh soon.
0: Um I don't know if they are the, the Vods are still up because it's been a while, but I know that um, the EA podcast team, Alistair Stewart, read a Wizard's Guide several months ago on their stream. So um, just check out EA Podcasts and see if you can still see it there. Um, and if you can't
1: get that one, um, they, they did Nine Goblins quite recently. So yes,
0: yes, which is they also did. fun. Um, Let's see, now we have Kevin telling people about how wonderful it is to GM you and how much he loves it so very much.
1: Um, He killed my character Monday.
0: Oh! uh, I did not know that.
1: Kevin! Well, it was a mind flayer who critted its brain extraction roll on me. 20 d10 damage and uh, just sucked the brain right out
0: of my barbarian skull. And you couldn't make friends with it? Uh. Come no. on, making friends with a mind flayer doesn't that sound like the most Ursula thing ever? I mean, I, I had you once having, good. I once had you making friends with a gelatinous cube, and you drew it for me. I don't even know where that is now, but I love that <laughs> drawing so much. Yes, I, I my well, you know,
1: like many parties, we try to adopt everything as pets. Uh, this party is not quite as bad for that. The previous group where I, the previous one where I played a paladin. Uh, We tried to convert and adopt everything and succeeded a lot because my paladin had a really ridiculous high charisma Uh, But this one I'm playing a barbarian who is I try to be an asshole, it doesn't always go so well because then I feel guilty about it But uh, yeah, so no, Mind Flayer just popped my brain out and chomped on it And uh, my best argument that barbarians do not actually require their brain Did not, uh, no and you don't, as it happens, get a death-saving thrill when your brain has been extracted. You, uh, you don't come back from that one. So. Uh, we need to... I think our next session we have to kill the Mind flare, pull the brain out of its stomach, or craw, or wherever it is, stuff it back in the Barbarian, and that will allow us to use raised Dead, because raised Dead doesn't work if they're missing organs necessary to life. Like a brain. <laughs> thank you. <for> that.
0: I, <laughs> I needed felt... to make sure that yeah, yeah, like a brain.
1: I felt kind of bad for Kevin honestly because that moment is the GM when you discover that you have just critted and he couldn't fudge it because we were playing online and so all the rolls show up as he does them and I am sure his he he was just aghast at what the dice had done. Uh yeah. I did not make him sleep on the couch or anything. Oh, that's good. Do what they will.
0: Oh, Numbers Ninja said uh, they have the drawing. Yay! The 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 gelatinous cube. It's uh, I believe it was trying to wave, so it was getting a a, a an arm from a skeletal arm out of its own oh, self yes. and kind of yes. wave. Oh no, it was at a con and it was, it was asking you questions. Fun, yeah. That's what oh, it yeah. was. It was sitting in the front waving. A disembodied skeletal arm To get your attention I don't know how we came up with this But that that was a thing
1: It sounds like wow. a thing we'd do at a con
0: It does, it does And you know, if I do turkey and string We're gonna have to do um, Our Where anglerfish story Which
1: is still genius I just We just need time to work on it yes, You, you the know, know what ang- the problem
0: is what? The problem is porn Like we 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 start thinking where we we started thinking where English fish porn because werewolves and erotica and self pub were really hot when we came up with this idea. Well, and so I we think started
1: it's, thinking erotica. I think more than porn, but yes,
0: it's more fun to say porn.
1: Okay, that's true.
0: So, but basically, when we started plotting it out, it started being like much larger than. Anglerfish well, porn. And yeah,
1: so... we, neither of us were willing to have just a super flimsy excuse to get them together and fucking. We needed, like, a, a reason why the anglerfish would meet up with the other character who... And, of course, if he was the male anglerfish, where's the female anglerfish? Oh, yeah. Gideon,
0: and,
1: yeah, and, uh, and I wanted the heroine to be aware of sperm whale. And, yeah, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, and, and honestly, I think the, the support group for We started animals... with the
0: support group That's where we yeah. went wrong
1: Yeah, because it was you, the Scope creep That was the problem, scope creep
0: Yeah, so basically It started to have a, a actual plot More than porn And so we still joke that it's where anglerfish porn But we don't, I don't want to do the porn part I just want to write the, the uh, Still, it's about a very Very powerful billionaire alpha male getting bit to become the most submissive male in all of all of all of people species dumb all of animal kingdom yes and the woman who did that to him and the woman who's gonna save him that's really the poor part is not as important as
1: i mean i assumed you would be writing all of those because writing sex scenes is very hard for me
0: yeah i just know i can't I don't know. Especially, I, I, I mean, anglerfish sex. It's uh, hot. <laughs> I can't make that hot.
1: Oh, no, no, I don't think no. that's, the, no, that's the horror part. No, but. Yeah. No, I always leave the sex scenes for, like, next to last. Uh, I also don't try the endings before the sex scenes, because I'll just be sitting there going, oh, God. Yeah. I have to come up with some way to make this. Like, it doesn't even have to be hot, but it has to be not super cheesy and groan worthy.
0: Mm hmm. We do have uh, that's uh Distracted Librarian has offered uh porn ghostwriting in the chat. <laughs> so thank you, Distracted Librarian. I'll I'll let you know if we decide to go in that way. But it was it was just the <laughs> most fun idea of of where stories and billionaire dudes and Yeah, know.
1: trying to turn the, the genre on its head. And, yeah. Uh. So many ideas, so little time.
0: Exactly. F- fade to black is your friend. I don't... Th- but see, the thing is, if you're trying to do a Fifty Shades type story, I don't think... Fade to... I don't think there's a lot of fade to black in there.
1: Yeah, if, we're, if we were selling it as, you know, uh, erotica, we would get angry letters.
0: Yeah. Uh, we also have some discussion on how to... How, how you get turned into a warehouse. Like, get getting bitten by a warehouse, so that's... Oh,
1: oh yes, uh, uh, well I had uh, had a warehouse character in in, uh, Summer in Orcus who was a wolf by day and a house by night, and uh, he, uh, one of the ways you can get turned into a werewolf, historically, uh, mythologically, uh, it wasn't always get bit by a werewolf, you could drink at a stream where wolves drink, you could eat a wolf's brain, um... You could, uh, uh, I think a, a man in the woods could uh, give you a wolf pelt, and uh, that was a sort of deal with the devil thing. Uh, so I like the one about drinking where wolves drank, so the wolf drank where the houses came down to drink. And uh, so that meant, therefore, that it implied there were migratory houses in the world, and uh, there, were, there were, you know, lots of, of uh, migratory houses stampeding across the the plains and the of course all the best manor houses had been uh uh had been taken as trophies you know and they had like 50 point cornices and uh instead in instead of uh uh antlers and yeah it was fun yeah that was a fun book because i could just throw every nonsensical thing i had ever thought of in there and uh uh, it would work it was, it was sort of a world made up of odds and ends
0: Yes um, Sorry uh, Fuzzwolf is trying to post the link to uh, Wizard's Guide audiobook And I'm trying to figure out how to let Fuzzwolf Post a link um, I'm still I'm almost it a year into it. this And I'm still not entirely sure It's, it's that uh, I yes. don't have Nightbot because um, I got rid of Nightbot because Nightbot was stupid. That's, of course. Curse you, Nightbot! Exactly. Um, I have no idea what Nightbot is. Hang on. <laughs> Thank you, anyway. There's a hummingbird on my
1: uh, my tushia. Uh So, yay for that. I think it's a female. It's a ruby throat, but it doesn't have the bright ruby throat. So, it's probably a female or a juvenile.
0: Or not a ruby throat. Because if it doesn't uh, have a ruby throat...
1: Uh, yes, but on the East Coast, we only have e- ruby threads. Oh, okay. uh, the Once in a blue moon, a calliope will show up, but uh, they look very different. Um, so, yeah, they're all ruby-throated hummingbirds here.
0: <laughs> uh, Fuzzwolf, you are allowed to post a link to the audiobook now, if you like. Um, Yay! Yeah, so, I'm... But, you know, what I realize is that now that we're both vaccinated, we can do, like, we could get together and write again. Remember that? Oh my god, Remember? yes!
1: I had forgotten that completely. We used to go to, like, we would go have lunch and then we'd go to the Barnes & Noble and then we would write for, like, an hour and it yeah. was awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. And we would we would look at the, the books and see all all the cloak guy. And now cloak guy yeah. has been has been uh, replaced by coat woman showing her back. Ah, yes. I sent you pictures, uh, didn't I? I was in Target so, and every yeah. single book had a woman... In a coat, with her back to the, the, the point of view. It's like just women walking away. Oh, Sometimes one, sometimes a lot of them. Just every single story now. Instead of a guy with a cloak, it has a woman in like a... And these are not speculative stories. These are just like fiction. But Yeah, uh,
1: speculative fiction was all cloak guy all the time for like years. Yes. And uh, and you've seen cloak guy probably. You, you know him well. He was on every cover uh, and hey, I get it. Cloaks are great visual elements. Mm-hmm. You get that nice color sweep. You can do it's it's fabulous. It's mysterious. Yeah. Uh, and then Yae was a uh, feather. You you had a feather. Right.
0: Yeah. Big feather. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, is this yeah. better
0: or worse than the woman with tattoos covers?
1: Oh yeah, the uh, the is woman that the with, one tattoos? with her back to
0: the camera? yeah she had tattoos. Around.
1: About half the time she had a katana. And yeah. uh, that was mine. every every urban fantasy cover for uh, for years was uh, uh, tattooed woman back to camera, weaponry. Yeah. Yes.
0: Good times. And this
1: is this is actually somewhat important if you're a writer. Uh, ironically enough, because if you're doing self pub, you want a cover that tells people what is in the book, and so that the readers who want what is in your book get that book. You don't want You don't actually want a strikingly different cover that is different than everything else unless it is really frickin' striking because uh, you want a cover that tells, that advertises what kind of book in what genre the reader is getting so that people who want that book buy the book. Uh, Don't think of it as art, think of it as advertising. Yeah, there are very bad pieces of art that are great covers, and very good pieces of art that are terrible covers.
0: There are covers that sell the book and don't actually say what's inside the book. So yeah, I, I've learned to just I defer pretty much. Um, the one time I complained about a cover, I liked the one they gave me, and as a response, less. So I just stopped. I'm like, you're you're the you're the pros. I I'm not a visual person. I don't know from nothing about covers so i mean i i, I know yeah, that the I know uh, it's not a great cover
1: i i felt that they really they really shorted you on it
0: yeah the the it's fa- it's fascinating the different the different covers i've gotten on that book um because of all the the foreign rights um, the
1: U- titans uk covers for my books are without uh uh exception just exquisite like the one they did for the hollow places i was like i want to rub this book on my body it was i mean it yeah. was so good
0: and they did the escape art the escape pod anthology and the the covers really beautiful
1: yeah they they have like and, and maybe they have multiple artists but like i have gone to to a titan party and i think i ran into the that i don't know that head or something i was like your cover artist is amazing and he's like, oh, yeah, that's so, and so, yeah, she's really good. Everybody says that. I'm going, I probably shouldn't ask you if she takes freelance work on the side. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they, they uh, that was actually a big factor when um, Tor uh, was figuring out who would do the, uh, the UK rights. Uh, basically, who licensed it to, both Orbit and Titan wanted it. And I had already worked with Titan, they had done great covers, and I was like, I would like to keep working with Titan because they are amazing. Uh, so,
0: yeah. Your husband and my child are redeeming channel points that say hydrate, and I think it's for both of us, so you should hydrate now. Um, Larry Dixon would like to say, I know He's, some stuff.
1: Husband, about- I am out of, of beverage if you would
0: like to bring <laughs> me another one. Billy Nixon, yes, I
1: know that guy.
0: It says, I know some stuff about doing book covers. Uh, I, I am picturing our anglerfish uh, cover as um, a very dominant type woman with, like, a man's leg sticking out of her shoulder or something. <laughs> or I, maybe I, have her look like a truck with just truck nuts on it. I don't know.
1: I I was... Well, here Kim, here's the problem. I can think of a really good cover idea that uh, would be like... <laughs> you probably won. Uh, <laughs> I can think of a really good cover idea that would be a great cover for a book, but it would not be a good erotica cover. Like, um, you could do like a... a Stylized sperm whale kind of thing with a style, you know, chasing the style, very cartoony, the anglerfish chasing the little tiny anglerfish, and or you know, mouths open kind of thing. And it would be a good cover, but it would not sell it as erotica. Are we and... still
0: going on erotica? Because I'm thinking that was what slowed us down. So, unless we're going to hire Distracted Librarian to write our sex scenes, I think we should maybe just. Do it. We, it's it's the support group. You know, it's about the support group. <laughs> the minute we wrote the support group, it's like, oh yeah, the, the collie and the spider are much more interesting than this like b- billionaire asshole.
1: Yeah, the the obviously the, the sort of group leader was a Blair border collie who was like, okay, we time, okay, with the minutes. We have the minutes. All right, let's go. Let's the move on. The minutes. Up. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Distracted librarian says my rates are very reasonable. We'll let you know.
1: We'll, we'll let you know, yes. <laughs> We'd still have to write more than the first chapter, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. But now we can get together. And so I'm excited about that. We could talk about that off stream. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think I'm about done. I, I, you know, I could talk to you for hours. So, uh, Aww. especially since we haven't been able to hang out very much in the past 18 months. So, um, I've seen you more on the camera than in person. But, uh, is there anything else you want to discuss about ditch digging, or no? I'm not going to open up the animal fact. Um, no, don't no, open uh, the Pandora's box. box. Yeah. You just Pandora's save box. whatever animal facts you've got for the next one. Oh, uh, Larry wants to say there need to be a motive for there to be a sex as a life focus. So you know, the story's about a thirsty ass anglerfish. There'd be erotica. This is this is such a normal sentence. Yes, <laughs> I think thirsty ass anglerfish is redundant. Mario wants us to keep going because uh, three more yeah, hours to kill.
1: Yeah, uh, that's Larry Dixon, who is married to Mercedes Lackey, who wrote the books that I grew up on, who is now commenting on my proposed Were Anglerfish Billionaire Erotica. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is like the weirdest circle of life that. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know what we're holding aloft over the savannah. Maybe
0: an anglerfish. Uh, Yes. Truck oh my god. I I, I would it I would've draw somebody draw that for me. It's just just <laughs> numbers ninja. If you got the rest of the afternoon free, it just the, You can
1: just Photoshop an anglerfish into the, the Simba oh It's fine. Uh yeah, oh and my just god. About, I'm trying to think of uh uh something recently that might be of use to anyone. Um Uh, I I had a a reminder that publishing timetables move slow frequently. Uh, We pitched a book in January, and I think it was last month that they finally got back to us with thoughts, which was, yes, we would like this book, Uh, we would like a series, and it is a a children's book again, and uh, I have burned out on illustrating them. I am am done. If I have to do that again, I will die. So uh, we were very clear you hire an artist, and I will write anything you want. And so it uh, it took, like, six months before they got back to us, but that didn't mean it was a rejection. It just meant that there's a global pandemic, and my editor was working at home with literally four small children. Uh, and uh, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was like, yeah, my husband and I are taking, you know, morning and evening shifts keeping the kids... Uh, entertained and fed and whatnot, but you got four toddlers basically. Uh, you're you're. I don't expect you to get back to me like super fast under those circumstances. And it was nice though, because we talked about it. Uh, we had a Zoom call where none of us turned our cameras on, and we're all like, "Yeah, we've we've had to put on makeup too many times for Zoom calls. Let's just go by voice. We know what each other looks like." And uh, chatted about it, and it was great. Uh, we're, they're hammering out an offer now, I think. My agent will be you know, working on that for a while. So I'm excited uh, to... Well, part of the, the motivation for that was to buy back another book that they have been sitting on for a couple of years, much like Wizard's Guide, that started and they were working on it, and then it got to a point where they just didn't know what to do with it. And finally, I'm like, even though I am out of contract and I don't owe you anything, I will pitch another series just so I can get that book back. And uh, this is this is how they get you, yeah. So, and occasionally, some of those, some of the books that you're like, you you have this book, you know, uh, that's it's amazing schedule of self pub and three books a year is because I had a book that I wrote years ago that has been sitting in limbo that I can just go, schtortz, you fit in this spot here. So uh, that'll probably be one of those at some point.
0: Excellent. Uh, Larry says, "If you need some street cred, that I can do. Weird-ass, nonsensical, splashy covers. I've done covers for Bane, so you know, high contrast. Plan on composition to be smothered by six fonts plus foil." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh god,
0: Larry! I know they look
1: well. Yeah. Wow, this is just so. This is like. Has uh... to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's gotta. I'll go back to what I was saying. Bane covers, many of them as presented to the viewer, are not what we would call great art, but they work beautifully well to tell you exactly what you are getting in the book. You know it's a Bane book, you know if it's military sci-fi or whatever. Or fantasy, you know exactly what kind of book you are getting, so it actually works very serviceably, sorry. Uh for what it is. It is in that regard a good cover.
0: Damn it. <laughs> okay, I don't know the website good show, sir. I'm a little but Larry says he got four bane covers on there. I'm not sure where I'm not sure. I'll I'll, I'll look at it later. Um, We're back with anglerfish wearing a coat with its back to the camera. And they're easy to find on the shelf. Bane books are easy to spot. Yes. That is true. You might not know what happens in the book, but you know the genre. Awful SFF cover art. Oh, I'm sorry, Larry. But I guess if you did what the, what the, the art director wanted you to and you got paid, then... I don't know.
1: And if the book sold, then you know.
0: Exactly. I remember uh, seeing um my copy of A Wrinkle in Time. I think it was. Yeah, it was A Wrinkle in Time. The copy I had in the seventies was featured on Paperback Paradise one day. Have you seen Paperback Paradise? Yeah, you have because I, have I got you the the birds that I think are shit the paper, story. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, that, that's paperback paradise. It, but they featured the the old armless centaur, the one centaur with the rainbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The very masculine I, centaur without arms. That's supposed to be one of the misses ladies, and uh, yeah, that that, yeah. that got named on paperback paradise. That that tweaked a lot of people because we're all like, wait a minute, I had that book. That, that's not the one that, that that you should be laughing. You can't laugh at, at Wrinkle in Time. Uh, Larry was not yeah. upset. I responded to them and they thought it was the coolest thing. I know when I do something awful and I'll own it. So I explained what the circumstances of the gig was. And we just basically laughed our asses off. But well, that, That's excellent, Larry. I'm glad that you both had well-meaning, good, good experiences. If you're a there. cover
1: artist, you are going to do some bad covers. It's Okay. There are times when, you know, they want an army of uh, naked mole rats and a monkey and every character in their RPG group, and I'm like, okay. As long as the check clears.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's rough, but, yeah, I don't know. It's, um...
1: Well, we could do an entire Ditch Diggers about cover art, and, uh... And uh, it's honestly probably worth doing someday. Uh, you might want something someone on other than me, although I am happy to jump in because I know enough about it to be dangerous. But uh, yeah,
0: the um, yeah, I'd like to, to go get all of the uh, six wakes covers and put them like on a, a slideshow or something because people will see like the gorgeous. Japanese and Chinese covers and the inexplicable Korean cover that really looks like just a murder mystery. There's nothing that says um, space or clones or anything. It really does just look like a murder mystery type thing. And I'm wondering if I have any Korean readers who are just like, where the hell is all this space coming from? What the hell? <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I got to sign a Russian copy in the, uh, Ireland at WorldCon and I didn't even get any copies of those. So I didn't get any author copies, so I got to see and sign a Russian copy of Six Wakes. That was very cool. But um Yes, cover art discussion. Alright, well maybe that'll be the next um. Uh, maybe when so will I get I... Huh?
1: The next time you have me on.
0: Well yeah, I, I can have can... you and maybe we can invite Larry on. Larry, would you be open to uh streaming on Ditch Diggers, perhaps? That would be cool. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that for August. Yay! Larry Dixon has agreed to, to join us for the cover art discussion, so that should be fun. Um, yeah, I got lots of questions because I am not artistically minded at all, but we really should put a cap on this, because this has been so much fun, but unfortunately, yes. uh, I gotta let you get back to your day.
1: Yeah, I got. I still gotta go write a thousand words. Uh, I, I am nearly done with, uh, for anyone who's liking the Paladin books, Galen's book is nearly done. I am just writing the final, you know, angst for reconciliation, and, uh, gotta go write that and get some angst on.
0: All right.
1: I even awesome. wrote the sex scene
0: already. Good for you. You got it over with. You ate that frog. I don't think we should ever see, use the term "ate that frog" in regards to sex scenes like, ever again.
1: Forget no. it. Yeah. Anyway,
0: um, Ursula, do you want to tell people where to find you online?
1: Uh, yes. If you actually want a response in a timely fashion, go to Twitter. I'm Ursula V. U R S U L A V. i am ursula uh, I live on Twitter. It is. Uh, if you have ADHD, Twitter is basically just a dopamine vending machine, and I am the little rat pressing the lever. Uh, so, what? Uh, it's true. No, if you I'm. Want, I'm uh, you. If you want my website, uh, Red Wombat Studio, that has links to I think all of my current books. Uh, I actually updated it recently, and it will have you know links to buy them from most of the major retailers. Uh, content warnings in case you're uh, concerned about. Uh, Various content and uh, yeah, and that has both my stuff for adults as T Kingfisher and my stuff for kids as Ursula Vernon. Plus links to some of my art and uh, where to buy art and stuff like that. Uh, you could email me. I don't know if the contact form on the website is actually working these days, so uh, Twitter is good.
0: Yeah, yeah. And all. if you want to see Ursula get into fights, watch Twitter because that's fun too.
1: Man, I had a weird one yesterday. I don't think it was a fight. I think there was something genuinely, like, uh, not well with that individual. They, yeah, I, think uh, I heard
0: about that. Yeah, they... Was it trigger warnings you should have put in there for stuff that wasn't in the book?
1: Yeah, they, they started yelling that I should have put in trigger warnings on the excerpt of the book for pedophilia and incest. And I'm like, but there isn't any in the book at all. And they were... Like, but, you know, you can't tell that from this, and so there should be warnings. Or your marketing should make it much clearer there's no incest in the book. And I'm like, how are you getting any of that? This is, what? This is not a thing. And uh, then they just sort of deteriorated, and I was like, okay you have something going on that is not actually about me. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to step away from this conversation because while I very much enjoy fighting with trolls, I do not wish to fight with people who are genuinely having challenges. So I was like, yep, just walking away from this one. Good luck. And uh, But yeah, if you want to see me, you know, Get into a knockdown dragout drag-out fight with somebody About whether or not you can grow vertic- Corn vertically on the side of a building In quantities enough to feed civilization Twitter's the place to be
0: <laughs> I really, really do I do want to see all of that Um Anyway, if you are listening to this later Uh, you can always catch me on Twitch, uh, I'm streaming By I Should Be Writing Podcasts, and for the rest of the summer Ditch Digger, hopefully, uh when we get back, Matt and I can also stick to a schedule that continues to stream because we're having a lot of fun. Uh, but you can find me at uh, twitch.tv slash Mighty If you want to see my website and my other podcasts and projects and books, it's Murrverse.com. And if you want to support me, I am on Patreon, Jemmy, and Coffee, fi And uh, I'm trying to make all of those mostly similar, but each one maybe have something different because it's all a different type of Service that maybe I should make that into another Ditch Diggers because it's really hard to come up with these Like try to utilize all these services and not be too redundant But also not make your fans think I've supported you on Patreon for three years And now you come up with something new I have to pay for I don't know
1: It's a problem we we run into uh, If you uh, would like to listen to more podcasts with me occasionally and my husband Kevin a lot uh, Productivity Alchemy is also a place to go where he talks about Ways that people stay productive, and I know it sounds like uh, uh, organizer porn, and sometimes it is that, but (laughs) he interviews a lot of people, including me, who have uh, ADHD, various challenges, who cannot make, who think bullet journaling is a cult, and uh, there are, uh, it's basically life is hard, things are complicated, how can you get stuff done so you have more free time? To lay on the couch and watch Ted Lasso Kind of stuff So,
0: Which is something and everyone I should select- do every day Yes um, And thank you to the, uh, Kevin and uh, Larry In the chat And thank you to Numbers Ninja My moderator And uh, thank you everybody who's hung out with us This has been a very long podcast But a very fun podcast um, I am going to do a raid to Space Valkyries Because she has lots of fun And she's playing Mass Effect So um if you are hanging out for the raid, please put uh, hashtag Mer raid And, um, oh, thank you for the follow, Fuzzwolf. Um, oh, she's playing the finale. Awesome. So, uh. Wait. Can't type and talk at the mm-hmm. same time. Okay. Wait. I, actually, I, didn't I program this? I don't freaking know. Um. Yes, I did. Ha ha! I have a button for that. Okay, so uh, if you are a subscriber, you could use some of the uh, chicken emotes for the Raid. Otherwise, you could just say Raid. Lovely seeing everybody. It's really good to be back. I appreciate all the welcome back notes. Um, and uh, I do have my evil merbot saying Hugo award voting is open. I am up for two categories, which is uh, best semi-prose and best short form editor. And Ursula, as we said earlier. Is up for um, uh, the Loadstar. Are you nominated for anything else? I forget. Yes. Uh,
1: yes. Short story. Short, for, oh, uh, yeah, Short. Uh,
0: just the short yeah. story one.
1: Uh, for uh, uh, crap. What metal like blood in the dark? Yeah. That's, that's
0: right. It. it was the really long one. Blood like metal in the yeah dark like mud in yeah. the metal and yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it's a Swedish death metal band uh, title kind of thing, but yes.
0: Uh, Yes, Kevin, I'm sorry. I've never shown you my chicken emotes. That's bad of me. But uh, yes, Um, Numbers Ninja did emotes for uh, Stardew Valley. So I have a Void Chicken emote and I've got a Blue Chicken emote. And my Love emote is also uh, chicken-based because it's Shane from from Stardew Valley and his chicken and his blue chicken that, that makes him happy. So we're going to raid Valkyrie now. Thank you all very much. And I should be writing. We'll be tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Bye! You can support us at patreon.com slash Ditch, Ditch Diggers! Theme song by Devo Spice. DevoSpice.com